everyone and welcome to the Hardcore Podcast. I'm your host Romy Adair and in this podcast we get into the nitty gritty parts and experiences that are often had during the journey to become a professional dancer. Chatting to dancers in training and professional from all around the world creating one safe space that can be shared by many. Without further ado, let's get into the episode. Hi everyone, I just wanted to pop on here and just add a little trigger warning before we start the episode around an hour and like 10 minutes in we do start talking about body image and kind of eating habits and things like that so just a FYI when you get to that point but enjoy. Hi everyone and welcome back to the podcast. In today's episode I'm joined with a very special guest. Fiona Lee. Hi, Fiona. Hi, Rami. <laughs> we are recording live together in real time. So this is not a Zoom recording. Um, so this is, yeah, it's exciting. It's probably going to be a bit more of a chit-chat conversation. I mean, I am interviewing her, but um, we're going to be real. We're going to be honest and we're just going to, yeah. Let's get straight on into it. It's going to be juicy, folks. Mm-hmm. Hold on tight. Hold on tight. <laughs> this is the Saturday Night Live. Uh, Sunday night. <laughs> Sunday Night Live. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. Let's get into... So, first of all, age. How old are you? 21. 21. And thriving. <laughs> I mean, we're... 20... <laughs> thriving, I don't know, after a double show, double okay. weekend You've of Nutcracker. I'm hanging by a thread. <laughs> It's fine. It's okay. Twenty ones are good. We're we're prime time. Um, and where are you dancing? I'm dancing in the core of the Royal Danish Ballet. Amazing. It's so exciting. Um, what point shoes do you wear? Breeds. Mm-hmm. Turns out I've been wearing the wrong size for about a year. <laughs> Amazing. And normally I wear butterfly maker, but mm-hmm. right now I'm just wearing whatever they have in my new size, which is six and a half. So today I wore Y maker. <laughs> Every day a new maker. Exciting. Leaves you on your toes. Um. <laughs> that was bad. Sorry, I'm not gonna bully you tonight. <laughs> no, that was such a bad. Um, what's your favorite leotard that you have? Ooh, okay. I got this one. It's from this brand called Just a Corpse. And oh, oh. wait, I think I saw that one on your Instagram. Oh my gosh, mm-hmm. it's beautiful. It mm-hmm. was so expensive, mm-hmm. but it's so nice, and it's my favorite one. Yeah, did you flowers. buy that from um the dat shop here? Yeah. Okay. okay. Um, stretch really and bend. One. Stretch and bend. Uh, that's the English translation. Yeah, I'm I can't say the Danish <laughs> translation so well. Um. Yep. Ooh. We're going to be having these bells, but it's fine. Um, your favorite choreography that you've ever ever learnt, um, whether that be understudied or performed, what your favorite chore- choreography you've done? I am definitely a Balanchine Robbins mm-hmm. kind of girl because of my SAB roots. So mm-hmm. I'd have to say the um, oboe solo and mm-hmm. um, Jerome Robbins fanfare Ooh. or maybe one of the fairies in Balanchine's Midsummer Night's Dream Ooh. or actually Marzipan Shepherdess, which is something <laughs> I did tonight in the Nutcracker, Balanchine's okay. Nutcracker. So yeah, love nice. me some Balanchine and Robbins. Okay, nice. Um, And what is your favorite food? Oh my gosh. I love Korean food. Mm-hmm. 
um, this dish called bibimbap, which mm-hmm. is like an egg and maybe bulgogi beef and veggies. And I also love Persian food. Mm-hmm. And um, there's this dish called gormasabsi, which is basically stewed like beef or lamb with lots mm-hmm. of fresh herbs. So yeah, nice. I love like spices and mm-hmm. all that sort of thing. I'm a major foodie. <laughs> nice. We love it. Um, okay, perfect. Let's get into the main chunk of the episode now we've got the quick fire round out of the way. Um, so let's talk about your journey. Let's, it can be brief and then we can kind of unpack it, but like what was your, what got you into ballet? Why did you start? When did you kind of want to become professional? Was that something that happened like naturally? Like what happened? Just (laughs) what happened? Your journey. My journey. (laughs) I was such a terrible ballet student when I was younger. I was just thinking about this the other day because Goldie, who was also on the Mm -hmm. podcast, posted a reel about being a dance teacher for the naughty kids. And Mm -hmm. oh, bless my ballet teacher. I was one of the naughty kids. Um, I did ballet because my best friend did ballet and I wanted to spend every waking moment with her. So when I was five years old, I debuted in the Nutcracker and the marzipan dance, actually, ironically, but in my studio's um, little performance of it, it was um, Bo Peep and her sheep. Mm -hmm. And I remember, so my dance teacher would always be in the wings to help us out if we forgot the choreography, which I never knew the steps, but I had so much fun on stage. But I remember one of my earliest memories, last show of the Nutcracker, I decided I was done with my sheep dance. And um, when the music changes in the middle of Marzipan, I decided to go center stage and I went kind of rogue and (laughs) started dancing next to the shepherdess. And my teacher got so mad at me. And I remember her in the wings being like, Fiona, stop, stop. I just was, I was such a ham and I loved like performing. I just didn't like putting in the work of Mm -hmm. um, dance class. And also I was always talking in class and like playing with all the props wrong and just, you know, yeah, creating, creating trouble. I, yeah, I would have like temporary tattoos all over my body my mom never did my hair because I would scream Mm -hmm. if she touched me at all so I would do my own hair for class which as a six-year-old is yeah Yeah. I also didn't like wearing tights so I wear Mm -hmm. um, rainbow socks inside my um, ballet slippers and usually a tutu for sure you know Mm -hmm. I was the I was the fashionista oh and lots Mm -hmm. of silly bands of course you know no I mean you gotta stand out from the crowd so and that I did and then then that you did oh and also I should mention I'm from a town of um 7,000 people in Montana in Mm -hmm. the United States so very very small town um I really wanted to do horseback riding but my mom thought it was too dangerous because whenever there's this thing called barrel racing that's really popular in Montana mm-hmm. where you go on a horse around three barrels and you make these super fast turns. And then mm-hmm. if you don't do the turn right, you'll fly off the horse and like potentially get paralyzed. <laughs> so um, after my first barrel race, the kid before me fell off her horse and hit the fence. And my mom said, Fiona, I think I would prefer for you to do something not like no, this. That. So. Um, I kind of stuck to ballet, much mm-hmm. to my teacher's dismay, because she was always having to take time away from the class to, like, discipline me. <laughs> Actually, today, I was getting corrections about um, my petite bot mom, and I realized 
because I would camp out in the bathroom every single day during frappes and fondues, I never really properly learned how to do them. And it's still biting. So <laughs> Wow. I remember I remember hanging out in the bathroom until the music would change when the fondue music would stop and then I would come out. Then you'd be like, every okay. single day I had to go to the bathroom and Wow. Just happened uh, to, to just, miss Petty Batmore. <laughs> every day. Wow. Um but yeah. So I guess that was that was that was my start to ballet. Mm-hmm. Um I remember always being really disappointed when I was younger that I never got the solos because Mm -hmm. I thought I was destined you know for stardom Mm -hmm. but I never knew my steps I was a menace in class (laughs) (laughs) maybe that wasn't the right and yeah I, I I never worked hard ever although one day I did work hard to create a whole secret sign language of my friends so we could communicate during class without like, getting yelled at, but it, it bit backfired. <laughs> um, wow. I, my first big break was Fritz and the Nutcracker, actually, <laughs> which is perfect for mm-hmm. me. There were not enough boys at our studio, and I was already pretty naughty. I didn't have to do much of the acting. <laughs> I mean, I wasn't terrible as a child. I just, I just was really... You know, you couldn't control this one. You were excited about that. I was energetic. Yeah. Yeah. It just, the ballet thing, Mm -hmm. being silent, being Mm -hmm. obedient, that's always um, really praised. And that's kind of what gets you places, sort of, Mm -hmm. even though it's not really healthy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that was, that part of ballet was always tough for me. And that's why I never really wanted to be a professional dancer until a little bit later Mm -hmm. I I thought I was going to be an Egyptologist and work in the Valley of the Kings um uncovering mummies Mm -hmm. (laughs) until I was about like 10 or 11 Mm -hmm. when I had a complete switch like 180 perspective Mm -hmm. um basically were you still in Montana I was still in Montana yes I was um snowboarding on the weekends Mm -hmm. I also really wanted to be a snowboarder I was also doing rock climbing yeah I I did all the the other things as a child Mm -hmm. um but then we had a production of Giselle my my little studio did Mm -hmm. and we brought in some principal dancers from Cincinnati Ballet Mm -hmm. and my parents would always host the guest dancers because we had an extra guest room and that was always really fun to meet mm. all these different dancers and mm. these two from Cincinnati Ballet came and they were incredible. Mm. And I just remember being so captivated by them, especially the woman. And I thought, you know, I want to be just like her. I actually want to be a ballerina all of a sudden. <laughs> well, <laughs> well I, I think the thing that sold me was that she would blow into her point shoes before she put them on her feet. Which I had never seen ever. That's a new thing. Why do, why, why do people do... I don't know if it's superstition. Okay, no. could be, okay, it could be like a luck okay, or like a comfort thing. But it, she said it warmed up her, her shoes before she went on stage. But I would always see her do that. I'm like, oh my gosh, she's so glamorous blowing into her shoes. <laughs> so I'd be like blowing into my little dirty leather flat shoes. <laughs> I can literally imagine like a little kid. Yeah, you know, it didn't really make much of a difference. Um, but wow, that's so I, sweet. I, yeah, I did my school project on her. I was just enamored with her. And we'll get back to her later because she comes back in my story, actually. Oh, okay. um, 
But yeah, at that moment I said, oh my gosh, I want to be a ballet dancer. And I told this to my mom and my mom at this point, she's heard everything from me. <laughs> Bless my parents as well. They they just always wanted to be happy or wanted me to be happy as a kid. And they, they never really put pressure on me to, to do anything in particular. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It's just really great. But I remember when I told my mom that, she said, Fiona, I was just about to like ask if you wanted to quit ballet. I mean, <laughs> we've been paying for these lessons for a while and I was only getting negative feedback from the teacher. So. <laughs> oh no. Yeah. Oh. But she said, okay, that's great. That's great, honey, whatever you want. Um, and um, yeah. So after that, I said, okay. So, you know, little uh, 10 year old, 11 year old me at this mm-hmm. point, Went on the internet in the early days of the internet yeah. and basically tried to figure out how to become a ballet dancer. I'm like, okay. okay. So there's kind of a major company named American Ballet Theater, mm-hmm. and I think I need to start there. <laughs> if, Good place. Mm-hmm. If, um, you got to aim high. I've got to aim high mm-hmm. um, if I'm going to be a ballet dancer. So I decided to um, direct my own audition video at age 11 um, for American Ballet Theater's Young Dancer Summer Workshop in New York. I'm like, Mom? We are filming this. We are doing this. I'm going to dance at ABT. And she's like, okay. For, this is this is the girl who is like using the hula hoops in the studio like while everyone else was dancing. Like I'd just be like hula hooping just, in the back. <laughs> you're on a different planet. You're just on a different planet to everyone. I'm like, mom, like I, I've got the talent. She's like, okay. Sure, whatever you say. <laughs> yes. Um, I remember taking those first arabesque pictures i yeah i'd never taken a first arabesque picture it was really back i i hit puberty um a bit later and i think my body i grew into my body but as a child i was not a flexible or coordinated child and i remember really trying to get that leg up Mm. for the photos but we managed to hit 90 on one which is amazing and um yeah and then i filmed the video and i got in wow and I'm like, of course I got in, Mom. And my mom was, like, so ready to, uh, I mean, inform me that I've been rejected. <laughs> she was <laughs> preparing to, like, let you, have to let you down. <laughs> yes. And, um, yeah. So, um, I went to New York that summer mm-hmm. from my tiny town of Montana. Walked up into ABT's studios. And I danced in the highest level of that of that program and it was a huge wake-up call for me that was mm-hmm. when um Franco DeVito was teaching there and he's a really incredible teacher mm-hmm. I mean kind of intimidating guy I don't think he um works there anymore but it was my technique in just the few weeks that I was there mm-hmm. totally changed I just had never wow. been pushed in that way because mm-hmm. I was taking ballet four times a week for fun and Actually, in my class, um, May Nagahisa, who's a soloist at Mariinsky, stood mm-hmm. on the same bar as me, and we were actually, it was so cute. We were kind of little buddies at that oh, summer intensive, so and um, that was my first time meeting someone um, who lived out of the country. Mm. Oh, so she'd come in from, like, a, from Japan. From Japan. Wow. Yeah, yeah. And now I'm dancing with all these international people. I thought that was mm. so cool to meet someone. Yeah. Um, international because at this mm-hmm. point I had only been dancing in Montana and it was so cool to be in a class of all these kids who yeah. love dance just as much as me so mm-hmm. that summer is awesome I also loved 
just going around New York and mm. I mean I went to the American Girl store like I was 11 and <laughs> I, I like got like a new American Girl doll outfit oh, that's so, cute. <laughs> so yes after that um I went back um to my studio and I thought okay well I'm definitely I want to go back to ABT yeah. next year this <laughs> that's is, the plan yes and mm-hmm. um I really I had a really good base, I think, at my studio, even though it was really small. My my teacher was really good. I think mm-hmm. she was maybe RAD trained, <laughs> yeah. but we didn't oh. do RAD. Okay. Um, and then she also had Shaketi training as yeah. well. So it was it was pretty basic. She yeah. never – I didn't have any weird habits. And mm-hmm. she never forced me to, you know, force my turnout mm-hmm. or – anything with my feet or flexibility so I didn't have any like chronic injuries mm-hmm. as a child because really I wasn't pushed too hard <laughs> in fact <laughs> I actually think yeah that's probably like same for me like it's interesting how that happens yeah I definitely made my way onto point slowly but mm-hmm. it's okay mm. slow and steady you know we're gonna be all hopefully dancing for a long time so I don't think you need to burn yourself out or break your body in the first few years of your (laughs) pre-professional training so yeah I went back to ABT and then that year all these girls were talking about this place called SAB which is also very prestigious and hard to get into I'm like oh I've never heard of this place SAB I think I want to go I'm gonna get (laughs) an audition for that Oh man, I wish I had the confidence of sweet young Fiona now. Um, but you know, when you're when you're a big life, life wears down on you. Life wears down on you, but Mm. yeah, I, I mean, I was a big fish in a in a small pond in Mm -hmm. in Montana for sure. Um, and I remember, so I had sent um video editions to ABT. Mm-hmm. directed by me of course I made up mm-hmm. all the combinations I honestly can't believe that like my 11 year old <laughs> I don't know if I would have been able to do that at all because I really struggled to pick up combinations at like that age unless it was like set exam work oh my gosh so like I don't think I would have been able to make my own because I was just remembering the same ones we'd been doing the same every day for like months and months and months so maybe you've got a little gene in there. I don't know. Actually, you know what it is. So I, so <laughs> I, I just remember this. So I, yes, I choreographed the the video and mm-hmm. everything. Maybe I had good taste for an eleven year old, but mm. I remember the summer before I went to ABT. I actually okay. This is <laughs> this is prime Fiona's story. Okay. I just oh my gosh, wow. <laughs> I, I mean, I have to give you context. I mm-hmm. went to Montessori school, mm-hmm. which is, you know, very I went to a crunchy. Don't yeah. you worry. Yeah, my crunchy mom is, childhood. Yeah, mm-hmm. my mom is very organic, you oh, know. Yeah. Like, I was mm-hmm. running around in the mountains, Montana. Barefoot, probably. Yeah, real yeah. natural. Mm-hmm. Real natural upbringing, Good. so. Yeah, no, I get that. Camping? Oh, oh. Lots of camping. Okay. Heck yeah. Heck okay. Yeah. Don't, yeah. Mm-hmm. Imagination gotcha. games, all that oh, stuff. Oh, Yes. Very unplugged. Mm-hmm. No, same. I, I, <laughs> I get that. that. But as a kid, I, yeah, I was really into performing mm. and in the spotlight. <laughs> but uh, I told I told my teacher um, when mm. I was 10 years old, I said, so how come we haven't done the ballet Swan Lake? And she said, well, you know, we're a really small school and that's a really big ballet. And, mm. you know, I, I just 
don't think that's realistic. And also, I'm 10 years old. Why would she care less than me? I said, you know, that's good to hear. I'm I'm sorry that you haven't been able to make it work, but I'll just do my own. <laughs> and I actually did. Um, I casted all of my friends in it, and I created a 30-minute abridged version. I remember I contacted the newspaper. I'm like, so... I am choreographing my own um, abridged version of Swan Lake for families, and the profits will be raised. Uh, I'll be raising um, money uh, for the ballet school's scholarship fund. So all the profits from the show will be going to the fund. It's insane. So yes, I um, I took just bits from Act One and Two and Three and Four. Did you watch it? Did you like? I mean, like, did you? Had you seen the ballet Swan Lake? Oh, yeah, this okay. is the early YouTube days. So okay, it was, so you've you know, been doing, you've done your research. The Svetlana version, okay. obviously. And obviously. All, yeah, I've seen a, a couple of versions. So I knew the basic framework. So mm-hmm. I casted two of my besties in the, the pot de trois nice. and, um, and Act One. And then um, I had swans and we did like the opening swans. We had four, the four little swans and then we had the coda. <laughs> Of course, oh. I was Odette Odile because, okay. <laughs> and I remember I did 16 fuetes on flat, and really? then I did 16 piques in a circle, because I couldn't do the 32. <laughs> and That's 10. very impressive, though. Like, I think that is very impressive. I had to learn how to do a fuete turn for the ballet. So I said, Mom, I'm going to be Odette Odile, which means that I have to learn how to do fuetes, because that's what she does in the, in the coda. And, um, yeah, and there's actually a, a, a guy who is guest teaching who's a professional dancer who is in town that weekend. I said, well, would you, would you partner me for this? I mean, how can you say no to a 10-year-old? Especially me, because I was crazy. <laughs> Please, you have to partner me. <laughs> and you wouldn't take no for an answer. Oh, no, I, I, that is exactly right. And I convinced my brother, who is not a ballet dancer at all, to be Von Rothbart, which was hysterical i got him a cape and everything it was great the pictures are iconic okay. i was giving so much face as, mm-hmm. oh my gosh i, I think that. my mom actually has one framed because it's just so no, angsty is... for a child it's really funny no oh, i love that i literally love that so much like that is such a cool thing to do as a 10 year old like what we raised like 500 dollars. that is very impressive it was really fun to do, like, honestly. Props to you. That is very impressive. <laughs> I'm very entrepreneurial. Well, very, I know, business girl. Girl boss. <laughs> we got to reprise it, actually, because the, the okay. first show um, mm-hmm. was, I basically took the studio, which had lights. It kind of had sort of like a black box situation, mm-hmm. and we set up seats, and we filled up those seats. And then oh. we had a, a main stage production my studio did, um, like the following year, and then mm-hmm. as the opener, they said, "Oh, let's bring back your Swan Lake Fiona." So oh. uh, we brought it back. So I got to revisit the role of a dead Odile, which I hope oh. I'll be able to revisit one day as an adult. <laughs> <laughs> revisit it one more time, maybe from a different perspective. From a different perspective, not as the director, choreographer, and star herself. <laughs> oh my gosh! Wow. Uh, oh. My ballet teacher had a lot of patience. Well, no, I think that's very. I think that's very good. It shows a lot of good qualities that I think come in handy growing up. So, 
Where, where were we? Oh, yes. Okay. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, we went back in time. We went back. And okay. now we're going forward again. Yeah. Um, uh, so auditioning for SAB. SAB. Mm. So I had only mm. done videos at that point okay. um, of my own creation and choreography. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then the SAB audition process it's a national audition tour and they don't give you the option to do a video unlike abt so you gotta go yeah abt montana is in the middle of nowhere it's like hours and hours from seattle and denver maybe those were the two nearest cities i think maybe like 11 hours from each of them fuck yeah yeah oh Um, my god so yeah i didn't drive there but i the SAB audition was in Salt Lake at Ballet West in the yes, U.S. Yes, in Utah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, which so that was seven or eight hours. Okay, bit more. Ma- Still, fuck. I know, man. <laughs> I remember we listened to. Do you know the song "Counting Stars" by One Republic? Probably if I heard it. I'm bad at names of songs, so don't okay. ask me. Just okay. if you play it, I could be like, yeah. But other than that. I'm I'm just gonna pretend yet, okay. and then I'll, we can I'll check after. <laughs> I'm not going to be singing it for you now, <laughs> but just to give everyone context of like what that era was. So I was listening to that on a loop on Radio Disney um, nice. with my mom jamming, ready mm-hmm. for the SAP audition, and I'd never done an in-person audition in my life actually. And I remember I was the number eleven, and it's really interesting. The number mm. eleven has always somehow gotten been a good thing yeah 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 mm. been a part I love of the number 11. like any type of yeah school I've gotten into mm. or job offer mm. I've received or something or yeah it's just my lucky number mm. so it's number 11 and I was so nervous oh my gosh Aww. um but I did the audition mm. and then um yeah, they gave me a scholarship to come to New York, and I thought, okay, we're we're doing SAB. I I don't even know if I auditioned for ABT that year, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I didn't know what I was getting into. Though that's <laughs> the thing because I just yeah. I, I applied solely because of the name because it sounded really legit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and ABT, um. JKO school and SAB could not be more different in mm-hmm. terms of their yeah. technique. And ABT training was way more similar to what I was learning in Montana. Yeah. And I remember coming to SAB the first day. Well, actually, I had bronchitis the whole first week. <sighs> so I show up the first day, and we have the director of the school for class. And um, I am totally coughing because when you <laughs> bronchitis, it's an infection in your chest. And trying to suppress my coughs I was holding my breath and I was starting to get really dizzy and I was honestly getting a little bit like red oh and purple in the face and we started to jump and it, basically anytime your heart rate is elevated mm-hmm. you start coughing mm-hmm. and finally I just raised my hand I said um can can you take me to the nurse <laughs> and the director oh, okay me so she took me <laughs> to Katie Better's office and um they uh sent me um uh back with my mom for a week I stayed in a hotel with my mom rather than in the dorms the whole first week and Mm -hmm. we just (laughs) hung out while I was sick and then I got back into the program but 
by the second week, no one knew who I was. Like, I was back in the dorms, but... And no one was like, who the heck is this chick? <laughs> yeah, everyone was already friends. Mm-hmm. I was that girl who was wearing Grishko's, which is a big... At Grishko's. At SAB, yeah. yeah. It's not the... Not, no. My first shoes were suffix, but then they discontinued the style I was wearing, so then I started wearing Grishko's, and yeah. This is a tragic phase um, for my feet. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, at SAB, they were not into the Grishkas. Um, and yeah, it's this girl from Montana. And a lot of the kids at these big summer intensives know each other because they also come from big schools. And I didn't know anyone. I was the least connected mm-hmm. <laughs> student there. Um, but, you know, I was kind of unassuming. I was kind of always in the back. Um, mm-hmm. of the room. There were a lot of big personalities in my class that summer, I remember, and I was just so impressed by the level of dancing. I mean, ABT, there were mm-hmm. some really incredible people, but I was just blown mm-hmm. away by not only all the people around me, but also the, the style. Mm-hmm. It's so, the Balanchine aesthetic is just yeah. really, really different from classical ballet. It's yeah. just super extreme in terms of musicality mm-hmm. physicality it's yeah it was honestly like trying a new dance style yeah and I just did my best to to listen and um try to apply all the corrections people were giving me um and a lot of the girls in my class were auditioning for the year-round program mm-hmm. and I thought oh my gosh that'd be so fun to audition for the year-round but I was 13 and I was like no you can't audition like I'm not signing that paperwork absolutely not so I thought oh well it's okay I'll just learn what I can Mm. and you know this is a really great opportunity to be in this room with all these great dancers and then I remember in the fourth week of the summer program I got this phone call that they wanted me to come for the year even though I did an audition and I begged my mom. Mm-hmm. I remember my mom started crying because she just was Aww. so sad because she couldn't say no mm. because she said she'd feel guilty her whole yeah. life if oh, she yeah. had deprived she... me of that. But mm-hmm. at the same time, like I had braces. I had only just stopped playing with toys. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I was... Literally a baby. I was such a baby. And I moved to New York at age 13. <laughs> and right? I moved into the dorms. Yes. Wow. It was actually a... A, a suite of three of us mm-hmm. or, or four of us mm-hmm. um, three other girls who were also all 13 okay. and oh my gosh we were so little and I look back at these pictures and I can't believe it that we all lived together mm-hmm. and I don't know laugh together and mm-hmm. cry together when we were homesick and Aww. yeah some of those girls I'm still great friends with mm-hmm. and it because my my parents are, they're kind of overprotective, but mm-hmm. at the same time, we have a really loving, open relationship, and they always made me feel super supported, and mm-hmm. they never pressured me in any way, mm-hmm. so going to New York actually felt pretty natural. Like, I mm-hmm. wasn't terribly homesick, to yeah. be honest. My mom did this really sweet thing where she would write me little notes for each night, like, mm-hmm. I love you, or like, you are amazing or something Mm -hmm. and she'd seal each note with a kiss and she wears the same lipstick every day and she kissed it with that lipstick so every night I would open a goodnight kiss and then I would also FaceTime my parents so that's so cute that's um your your guide to how to send away your 13 year old to follow their dream (laughs) give him a little 
Good night, kiss. Oh, that's so cute. Yeah. Wow. So. That's crazy. Did you have... What was the support like at 13, like, that the school offered you? So, basically, there were... Um, there are some day students. I started in B2, which is the highest intermediate level at okay. SAB. And they have a, a dorm. Their dorms are honestly great. They've okay. they've had dorms for a really long yeah. time, and they're in Lincoln Center Plaza. So basically, we're in the same building as, as the studios. Juilliard. Yeah, at the studios. So there's yeah. the Juilliard dorms, which are on the floors above us. Oh, okay. Then there's the SAB dorms underneath that. Mm-hmm. And then there's the the studios to SAB and then there's the cafeteria and then if you walk across the bridge you're at the Coke Theater which is where New York City Ballet performs and we got free tickets to see them every single night honestly that was one of the highlights of training there I went to see the ballet all the time Mm -hmm. such a fun (laughs) head no that would yeah but the um the dorms they had uh a couple of you know residence hall directors Mm -hmm. but they also had RAs and some of the RAs were just incredible. Shout out to Jerry. My first year, oh. he would, we would go on these crazy trips to the grocery store mm-hmm. to pick out snacks for movie night. And um, we'd do all this um, fun stuff mm-hmm. in the dorms, honestly. It was a really positive experience for the most part. It's mm-hmm. just when there are all these kids who are moving away from home at a really young age in a high pressure environment, you know, there'll be little, like, skirmishes, mm. drama and stuff. Yeah. I feel like because I kind of matured a little bit later than other people, mm-hmm. I, I've i just been someone who's been picked on as a kid. Like, mm. I was always kind of the weird one mm-hmm. and... Whatever, like I'm, no, I'm owning that right, now. Right. You can, yeah, you, <laughs> being normal's overrated. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. All the best people are weirdos. It's literally that's I don't make the rules. Um, yeah. Yeah, and I think also yeah, coming from Montana, like this really tiny town, I was mm-hmm. a little bit naive, and um, so that was that was kind of tough, honestly, mm. um, having to to deal with that and. Mm. I I realized, you know, not every I, I I'm I'm just really trusting of everyone and I think it's really important to be kind to everyone and compassionate to everyone, but also you need to have boundaries to protect yourself mm-hmm. and know that not everyone has your best interests at yeah. heart. And that was kind of a tough lesson for me to learn, but I I did learn it young mm-hmm. and yeah. I also, I had a lot of catching up to do when I came to SAB. To be quite honest, I was the worst one in the class, I think, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, just uh, objectively, mm-hmm. my first year. Um, because they told me, you know, you have the body, you have everything physically. You just, mm-hmm. I, I, I don't even think I really knew how to do a brise when I got there, honestly. Um, there were lots of girls who had, you know, competed at YGP and could yeah. do like double what days on point and all this stuff. And yeah, um, um, I had the, um, I had the will, I had the desire, I had the passion, um, and I didn't have all the technique yet. So my teachers really, they realized this and they knew that. 
I could apply corrections. And that is why they saw this potential in me and invited me to stay. So when I came my first year, my teacher had me do every single combination twice. So I would do first group and second group, mm -hmm. and I would just dance nonstop mm -hmm. the whole class to build strength. And mm -hmm. then I went to the Pilates um, mm -hmm. room, and the Pilates instructor would give me all these exercises because I'm not so smaller me I was not very flexible at mm -hmm. all and um not coordinated and then all of a sudden I hit a growth spurt and I really elongated and I suddenly became super flexible and mm -hmm. it was really weird trying to adjust to this new like longer mm -hmm. body and new flexibility so I I needed <laughs> to learn how to, to do how like to some yep. yeah glute lifts that sort mm -hmm. of thing and yeah I, I had to really work for it, but I, I did get strong there. I got mm -hmm. so strong mm -hmm. and I honestly loved dancing there because everyone worked hard at mm -hmm. SAB. They really emphasized just dancing to your fullest every single day, mm -hmm. like just being with the music and legs and precision mm -hmm. and apama just everything dancing with every ounce of your mm -hmm. being and it's so magical to be in a room of like 20 girls and there's a bar that wraps around the room and we're all doing the same lightning fast combination mm -hmm. and we are all killing it like a bunch of cadets or mm -hmm. something I remember my teacher would always say you guys are like the army. Like we've got to treat this like the army. It kind of was boot camp, and it, it was really empowering to look around and see everyone near me just mm -hmm. busting their butts. Mm -hmm. It was it was it was a great place to um, advance my technique. Yeah, but honestly, the balancing technique was kind of difficult for me in that the way that you place your weight on the mm -hmm. balls of your feet. Some people, that's really great if maybe they have a naturally short plie, but I'm also hyperextended. Mm -hmm. So that just was kind of tough with my ankle flexibility and then match of my hyperextended knees. I had a really bad stress reaction mm -hmm. in my right foot, my second to last year and mm -hmm. I was out for a total of like 15 weeks like no Jeez. dancing at all I took off five it didn't heal so then I had to take off another 10 and basically relearn how to do ballet and my PT told me you're not going to be able to have a career in this unless you put your heels on the floor mm -hmm. which I hadn't been doing because at SAB a lot of the steps are so fast yeah. so you don't have time to put your heels on the floor but for me I realized okay my teachers are are telling me one thing, but for me to not continually get injured, I need to to focus on that on stretching the backs of my calves. So you know, I guess technique is so individual, mm -hmm. and I love dancing balancing ballets, but that one portion of the technique was something that I did struggle with. Mm. Yeah, I think that's the hard thing. Like our bodies are all so different. And like you said, if you've got like a tighter, like a shorter plie, or just like the way and, you know, your body's built, like the length of your muscles, the way your bones are built, like everything, like we're all so different. And some people, that technique, no reactions, they'll be fine. And then other people, yeah, 
like yourself, it will react. You just gotta find what works for you. But I can imagine that must have been difficult because if you like constantly having teachers be like, behind up, put your hands down. Oh my goodness. <laughs> oh, yeah. but I I really overall just I, I I felt like SAB taught me how to dance. Mm-hmm. Like balancing technique is about dancing and performing mm-hmm. and a lot of artistry. And maybe it doesn't give you the same technical foundation that a Vaganova school would mm-hmm. or um uh English training maybe. Because the emphasis is not on how many pirouettes you do, um, or maybe mm-hmm. the the big jumps that like the classical yeah. full length ballets mm-hmm. have a bunch of, but the I don't know the the jazziness mm. that you find in ballets like Who Cares yeah. and th- that sort of American aesthetic mm-hmm. was really fun to to play with for me yeah. at least and. It just made me realize, wow, ballet can be so fun. Yeah. And, yeah. I definitely want to. Yeah. Like, tonight, first time I've seen a Balanchine Ballet live. Yes! Um, I mean, I did see Jules that the Royal Ballet did um, on, like, cinema live stream, which was nice. But it was a bit different in flesh. Um and it was really nice to see the Balanchine Nutcracker, which is so fa- like it's all over everywhere, and everyone's like talking about Nutcracker. I'm like, mm, yeah, I haven't seen the Balanchine one, no, <laughs> but now I have, so it's exciting. But yeah, just I'd love to give it a go one day. So we'll see. <laughs> um, tr- so you were at SAB for how many years? I was at SAB for three and a half years. Three and a half years. When I was in the highest level of mm-hmm. SAB, it was my final year. It was my audition year. I was getting okay. ready to like um, audition for places, maybe traineeships. Mm-hmm. Although I was one of the youngest in the class. How old so are you? I was 16 at that Damn. point. Um, so honestly, I don't think I was, I wasn't ready to join a company at mm. that point. A lot of, some people from SAB go straight into a company, but a lot of people will go maybe into a second company or a mm-hmm. traineeship as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, because at SAB, we do perform at the end of the year in this big ballet called Workshop, which mm-hmm. is, or a big performance called Workshop, which is a bunch of different ballets, but we're not doing regular performing, like mm-hmm. regular core work. So it's pretty tough to adjust to a, a real company when the rehearsal period is so much shorter yeah. versus workshop. We rehearse for months and months to make <laughs> yeah. it absolutely perfect. Yeah. So it was my final year and um, I actually left in the middle mm-hmm. of my final year. Mm-hmm. I didn't return after the Christmas break. Um, as some of you may know, Peter Martins was accused of sexual and physical harassment Mm -hmm. and I he is the director of New York City Ballet or was and was the director of the School of American Ballet and he had actually taught a few of my classes and Mm -hmm. I just decided to leave on my own terms I just didn't feel comfortable being Mm -hmm. a part of that institution anymore I am so grateful for 
my training, it was really hard for, for me to come yeah. to this decision. I just, for myself, I knew that once ballet was over in my life and I moved on to something else, I wouldn't have been proud of myself for staying. Mm -hmm. So I, I opted to trust my gut in that moment. It was yeah. a, a little bit um, it's scary, that scary yeah. um, because I was the only one who, who did leave. And my teachers were really understanding and it was nothing about my training or my experience at the school. I had mm -hmm. a great experience at the school, but I just felt like it was also yeah. time for me to go. And luckily I, every summer I had been training with the Pacific Northwest Ballet in Seattle mm -hmm. and um, they had an opening in their professional division, which mm -hmm. is essentially the highest level of their school mm -hmm. and in addition to regular ballet classes like I was having at SAB they also have the students perform with the company yeah. Yeah. which is amazing and I got to dance yeah on balance sheets midsummer there as a fairy mm -hmm. um, one of my favorite performing mm -hmm. moments um, I also did balance sheets nutcracker actually wow. and I remember my first so cool. time doing Marzipan Shepherdess. Um, when I was a student, I was so scared, oh. but I was so excited. And it's so mm -hmm. fun to revisit that role this season because mm. <laughs> I am just coming at it from a different place. I mean, obviously, we've all changed post-corona mm -hmm. and our approach to Nutcracker. But it's really fun to see my progress in the same yeah. ballet, but also examine some of the, the same feelings that I have mm -hmm. around that. So that... That, that's kind of special. I yeah, get to come back to that. Yeah, it's a really full circle moment. Yeah, and the um, Pacific Northwest Ballet also um, is Balanchine, mm -hmm. um, a Balanchine company, I would say. Yeah. Um, they um, teach the Balanchine aesthetic yeah. <laughs> within their school. Mm -hmm. um, but they do a varied rep. <laughs> yeah. And I also was going to stay there for another year but I got an opportunity to join the Kansas City Ballet's second company mm -hmm. and the woman who inspired me to become a professional ballet dancer in the first place Christy Capps I'll give you a shout out oh. she is the the ballet master at Kansas City Ballet or one oh. of the ballet masters mm -hmm. and I got this opportunity to join the second company and I thought if I could work with Christy every single day, that would be a dream mm. because at this point I had only done um, balancing training and it was so wonderful because I learned all these balancing variations mm. and I was really comfortable doing all sorts of fast um, stuff, mm. uh, jazzy things as I was explaining and um, I felt like I had a good sense of musicality mm. um, because of that. But I think some of my classical base needed some refining after that I actually didn't really know that many classical variations actually mm -hmm. because I, I just wasn't exposed to that mm -hmm. or taught that um in my formative years so I thought you know maybe if I if I go to Kansas City I could improve my classical base and working with Christy I remember she would also teach when mm -hmm. she would come out to guest dance in Montana and I loved her classes as a 10 year old Aww. and yeah I also loved her classes That's so cute. a 20 year old mm -hmm. so I went to join Kansas City Ballet Second Company which is basically you take company class um, but you also have your own classes and mm -hmm. you're like a scholarship student essentially and they give you a 
stipend to live and mm -hmm. help you with your yeah. rent and everything. Um, so it's not like a professional job, mm -hmm. I would say, but it's it's a very close step. Like yeah. I was, I had more responsibility than I did at PMB mm -hmm. where I was just a student sometimes dancing yeah. in shows. Like, uh, you know, you're here, you have your, yeah. Yeah. you have your core spot in, in Swan Lake and you need to know the steps mm -hmm. and they're really counting on you. So it felt like a little bit of a, mm. a step up, which mm -hmm. in PMB dancing with the company and the core is already a step up from SAB. So yeah. I felt like that was a really yeah. great way yeah. to transition mm -hmm. into company life, just kind of yeah. <laughs> incrementally no, yeah, 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 moving yeah, up no, the ladder. It's, yeah, it's a good, yeah. good way of introducing yourself to it. So I got to dance, yeah, in Nutcracker, mm -hmm. um, Swan Lake, which almost made me quit ballet <laughs> once again, <laughs> ironically. Um, yeah. uh, this time in Swan Lake, I was one of the 24 swans. Mm -hmm. I was not a dead or deal. Sorry, guys. <laughs> I wish. Oh, snap. Um, it just was really, really hard. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm really tall. I'm five, eight and a half mm -hmm. in inches. <laughs> um, and... I, when you're tall and swan, like usually come on last and yeah. you're in the back line. Mm -hmm. But one of the girls, one of the line leaders on stage left got injured partway through the rehearsal process. And they said, okay, Fiona, can you switch spots and actually lead the line on stage left? <laughs> and normally they put the short people in the front. So I thought, oh my goodness, <laughs> what? <laughs> I've got to do all those. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. Because as a tall person, it's, you know, you just kind of stay in line, follow mm -hmm. everyone. You don't have to be in the front, be super exposed. And yeah, being a line leader means that you have to pay a lot of attention to the marks on the stage. And mm -hmm. people were counting on me to hit quarter, yeah. eighth, center. Because yeah. if I didn't, the line behind me would be wavy. <laughs> yeah, it fucks up everyone else. Yeah. Yeah. Um. And, um... Everyone was really understanding because I knew I was changing spots and stuff um, partway through, but that was honestly a crazy experience mm -hmm. for me. But, you know, you learn from everything. Mm -hmm. And then right after that, I also did Peasants and Princesses, which were way more fun mm -hmm. and easier dances to mm -hmm. do. But 24 Swans is crazy. And, it's rough. But it's really empowering. By yeah. Act 4, you feel like oh, an amazing... it feels amazing. Yeah. yeah. To do, like, peasants, swans, princesses, swans. Like, you feel like a million bucks. Mm. Um, unless you accidentally inhale some of the the smoke from the oh, fog machines in yeah. Act 4. And then you get a little bit high off the, yeah. the smoke. Mm. And you almost, like, <laughs> black out on opening night on stage. Not good. <laughs> that didn't happen to me. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh yeah. My God. Don't inhale that stuff no, it smells disgusting as well oh my god toxic toxic uh -uh. but anyway after those performance that uh, those performances mm. that that personal triumph that was definitely a personal triumph moment for mm -hmm. me <laughs> making it making it like in one it. piece i kind of felt like i was on my way to becoming an actual ballerina mm -hmm. covid hit okay and that kind of stole my thunder <laughs> it was honestly good for me to have a break after that because at that point I had never been so stressed out of my entire mm. life I think during mm. that process and it was good I got to 
I mean, COVID was not good. Yeah. The early days of lockdown were not good. But I, I'm so grateful I got to go back to my family in Montana mm-hmm. and be out of Montana. And I was able to cross-country ski mm. and snowshoe and be out in nature while we were yeah. all in isolation, which is really yeah. good. And my dance teacher, so my ballet studio, my mm-hmm. tiny town, she lived right next to the ballet studio. So every single day she would just... Oh unlock it for me and Mm -hmm. I would slip in and I would do a class and then I would leave and she would lock it up because no one was using Mm -hmm. it and um my family is able to um pay for studio rental and Mm -hmm. help her get through Mm -hmm. the rest of the school year because they weren't able to have live classes and that's her one of her main sources of income so it was amazing I I did a lot of dancing Mm -hmm. by myself and I taught myself all these fun variations that I never would normally do, like Cupid from Don Quixote. Oh, yeah. <laughs> As a tall arena. Mm-hmm. Wow. Gosh, I have mad respect for, for that variation. That, that's that a, one yeah, was hard. It's... Um, but, yeah, I, I just, I really discovered, wow, I really just like dancing for myself. Because mm-hmm. at this point, um, I was about to go into my second year of the second company, and mm-hmm. at that point, it's, you either get an apprenticeship or you have to audition for somewhere else. else. Like, yeah, yeah, you've got to get it together. Like Mm -hmm. this is going to be my year to be a professional dancer. And, Mm -hmm. but through COVID I realized, Oh wait up. I can dance for just maybe a few hours a day and still be happy. Mm -hmm. Like I, I don't even think I need to do it on a big stage or with a company with a big name. Like I just need to do ballet. Mm -hmm. I'm very much a, process person I love performing don't get me wrong Mm -hmm. but I also just love dancing in the studio yeah Yeah, I love rehearsing Mm -hmm. I love class Mm -hmm. I I I honestly love it all Mm -hmm. um I even like doing my little bar before I go on stage Mm -hmm. I I Mm -hmm. mean yeah I just I like moving my body to music and um as basic as that is so Mm -hmm. my my parents begged me to um, apply for college um, after um, going into the fall of um, 2020 because they just thought it was really unrealistic for me to set my sights Mm -hmm. on getting a a company contract Mm -hmm. during COVID and Mm -hmm. America where most companies were shut down and not even allowed to perform and it's already incredibly hard to get a job as a ballet dancer Mm -hmm. even in a normal year I mean it's just as a as a woman you know it's it's so subjective um there's just it's it's timing Mm -hmm. it was already tall for or it's already hard for me being really tall Mm -hmm. because so many companies have a maximum of five seven or five six so i can't even send an application to them and then the fact that it was a a year where there weren't even live auditions Mm -hmm. i had to to make a video and just trust that that video was going to be enough, which is nerve-wracking. So mm-hmm. I applied for college. I made a video for companies. Honestly, applying for college was almost worse than the companies mm-hmm. because I applied to the college that both my parents went to and my brother goes to an Ivy League college. Mm-hmm. And I thought, oh my gosh, I just need to get into <laughs> one school. Mm-hmm. So my whole family doesn't think I'm stupid. <laughs> Oh yeah, I didn't sleep for like the whole month of December. Um, but actually now I I did get into college and I'm deferring it at 
the moment. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I'm really enjoying ballet right now, but it's really nice to know that like I I yeah. could pursue higher education if mm-hmm. if I wanted to. I think yeah. if I did go to college, I probably would major in something related to arts management mm-hmm. because I've always been interested in being like a community engagement uh, director. That's interesting because I, I don't know. I was having this conversation today because I've spoken with it with it to a few people, but I would really like to be an artistic director. <laughs> oh, an artistic director! Like an artistic director, of, like of a company in my like later years. Oh and my I've never talked talk to every, anyone who's ever been interested in, like, the management part of something. Not, like, not artistic direction. No, no, you don't want to be... No, no, but, like... I want to be the lecture demonstration um, coordinator or, like, bringing okay, the community yeah, yeah. into the ballet. The That's, kids okay. at the ballet mm-hmm. sort of thing. Yes, yeah, you, yeah, the yeah, outreach. Yeah, yeah. Out, okay, like, yep, yep, yep. I could work under you. I just don't want to be yeah. in charge of firing and hiring people. Oh, count me out, count me out. See, I quite... Well, I don't know. I just think, obviously, we all know there needs to be a lot of change that happen, has to happen in the industry. Um... I would like to be the chair. Yes, we need more girl bosses. I know, that's what I mean. I work for you, I work for you. <laughs> okay, give me like 25 years. Fat, fat, <laughs> just give me a call. I'll, I'll yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, yeah, continue with your... Yeah, so... During COVID? Um, I thought, okay, yeah, maybe I would major in that. Um, and... College did excite me, but really, I felt like I was applying a little bit also because I felt like that was what my family saw mm-hmm. for me as well. I mean, don't get me wrong, I would love to go to college, and I was super excited to mm-hmm. get in, and I have a lot of dreams for myself after ballet, but I also realized, you know, I only have a young, healthy body once in my mm-hmm. life to do this thing that I love so much and I've been training for so long and younger Fiona was of course I was gonna dance in a in a ballet company of Mm -hmm. of course I mean like what else am I gonna do what else would I do I mean Uh how yeah I mean Once again, sweet little confident Vienna. <laughs> wish I wish I had that. Um, I think it was maybe the years of playing catch up at mm. SAB that made me a lot humble yeah. to to the point where yeah now I'm now I'm working on believing in myself a mm-hmm. little bit more because for so long I felt like there's something that I was always lacking and mm-hmm. it's really hard to be a a vulnerable artist but also um one that someone resonates with if you can tell they're kind of guarded or insecure Mm -hmm. so that's something I'm working on in my own life to be a better dancer Mm -hmm. performer but Mm -hmm. anyway I did send a video out to a bunch of companies I sent it out to about 40 companies um and Royal Danish Ballet was number 40 I wrote them all down because I... Did you keep track of what the, the outcomes for each one were? I didn't keep track of the outcomes, okay. but I... Mm-hmm. I um, Maybe, like, yeah, well, like, I would yeah, read no. an email, okay, yeah, you yeah. know. But I just wanted to 
to say that I had applied for 40. I mean, mm-hmm. I think a bunch of emails bounced back. I had the wrong yeah, email. The email just, I had the wrong email. Uh, and, then, and then a bunch of people said, you know, we're not accepting auditions right now. And then a few people were interested. And then I was rejected from a few <laughs> places, you know. Um, I actually did one Zoom audition. Oh. And I'm not going to name the company, okay. but I did get cut after pirouettes. And I was salty because I actually felt really good about my parents that day. And I don't know if it was actually my turns that made me get cut or something else. But they basically told me I had to leave the Zoom call. And I left the Zoom call and immediately started way to get crying. Cut. Oh my They're, god. Yeah, they did cuts on a Zoom audition. I've never How many cu- people were in it? Like a lot of people? I don't know. It was like fifty or something. It was so That's bonkers. So so I remember I like took time. I actually got excused from rehearsal at Kansas City Ballet um, to go on the Zoom audition. And everyone's like, yes, Fiona, she's going to kill it. Mm-hmm. And they're like, how did it go? And I'm like, guys, I got cut after me. <laughs> <laughs> I got the whole rehearsal. Oh. And everyone's just like, oh. oh. And the ballet mistress said, oh. <laughs> so awkward oh that would have been oh, so yeah. awkward oh. i i really loved my time at at kansas city ballet mm-hmm. i it's um the director Devin carney dance with boston mm-hmm. ballet and mm-hmm. definitely more classical sensibility mm-hmm. and i got really strong doing all of this core work mm-hmm. like i was saying but also they they did all these lecture demonstrations. Mm-hmm. Um, so we would go into schools and I would do like black swan paw, white swan paw, mm-hmm. like Corsair, Nutcracker. And it was oh, really cute. fun yeah, to yeah, yeah. do, I don't know, black swan in a gymnasium at 8.30 mm-hmm. in the morning. <laughs> you know, wow. um, there's something great about seeing a room of like kindergartners scream yeah. <laughs> for you doing like a PK arabesques. I mean, that's mm. ballet. That's, mm. that is inspiring the mm-hmm. next generation. But, um, I, as much as I loved just the way the organization was run and the, the style that we did and the productions and, um, yeah, they had an amazing facility and teachers and dancers. They did not have an apprenticeship contract for me at the end of my two years. And I was kind of devastated, mm. to be honest. Yeah. Um, but I think everything happens for a reason mm. because I ended up getting a core position with Royal Danish Ballet, which was my number one, mm. which is my number one out of all of the places I auditioned mm-hmm. for. I almost did an audition for it because I just thought there was no way. Yeah. Like, I, I just thought that was too too ambitious, but yeah. I needed to hit number 40. I was on 39, mm-hmm. I remember, and I needed to make it a nice even number. Mm-hmm. So, Royal Danish, I, I sent it. I I saw them perform for the first time when I was probably like 15. Okay, yeah. In New York, because they also kind of have a connection through SAB, and they performed at the Joyce Theater, and mm-hmm. SAB would always get us free tickets for any performance in town, so mm-hmm. I saw them, and they did Napoli, and oh my gosh, I mm-hmm. was obsessed, mm-hmm. and they just had always been the back of my mind, and I'm just so grateful it worked out. I can't mm-hmm. believe it. I remember getting the news. I had started working a supermarket job to mm-hmm. make extra money <laughs> during COVID because 
you know, point shoes are really, really mm-hmm. expensive, especially when they're not being covered by yeah. your company. I was getting a few pairs through Dancing in the Second Company, but it wasn't enough. Yeah. Um, and also, in the United States, the supermarket workers and the healthcare workers are the people who got vaccinated yeah. first. So <laughs> I may have started working at a supermarket <laughs> so I could get a vaccine earlier. That's I did good. get... Um, vaccinated <laughs> pretty early on luckily mm-hmm. um is my father is a surgeon and he um is you know working yeah. at a hospital and everything and mm-hmm. i wanted to make sure Some i i didn't expose him whenever yeah. he came to visit me so mm-hmm. i remember i was working at the kombucha bar and i got an email and it was from the Royal Danish Valley. And oh I've been getting God. these company emails, you know, every single time you see one, your, your heart kind of drops. Oh and God, I thought, I say. oh my gosh, wow, that's so nice that they emailed me that they rejected me. Because sometimes people just don't respond to you. Oh, I got yeah. a couple of people that didn't respond. Uh-huh. I thought, okay, wow, they're emailing me that they rejected me. Amazing. And I couldn't believe my eyes. And I just started running up and down the cereal aisles screaming. And all the people at the supermarket were like, what's going on with her? <laughs> she arrived. Yeah. And oh I I was so excited. And yeah. So I decided to pick up my things and move across the ocean to wow. start dancing here. And it's I, I've just been loving it so far. Wow. Uh, amazing. I don't even <laughs> I'm so oh my god, like that just story is so cute. I'm just like imagining you in the grocery store opening the email. <laughs> oh. The people in the store I, I I said, you know, I I'm gonna be dancing at the Royal Danish Ballet and they're like, What's that? <laughs> in Kansas City, Missouri. It's okay. Um I in Kansas City, Missouri, pretty much the number one thing on everyone's minds is the Chiefs, which is their football team, which won the Super Bowl a few years back, and Patrick Mahomes. So it's pretty much like football, yeah. barbecue, ballet isn't as much. Isn't on the top list of people's priorities, but. That's, yeah, the interesting thing about dancing in Europe is that mm-hmm. ballet is so revered here, and like yeah. the Royal Danish Ballet has been around since the 1700s. Like, it's very respected in the mm-hmm. city and yes and well known and they have a huge fan base versus yeah. i think ballet is still kind of new to america honestly like mm. balanchine isn't even all yeah that old, but the balanchine no, ballet exactly. so we're still kind of developing our own tradition in america mm. but it's cool um dancing in a place that has so much history because yeah. that's never been the case for me no. before yeah. No, it's so nice to be da- like to dance in a country that kind of that really appreciates ballet as an art. Like it's like well, yeah, the Royal Danish. I swear, like most of the shows, like it's sold out like every night, pretty much. Like that is yeah. a nice feeling to know you're dancing for a full house every time you go on stage. It's it's pretty incredible, mm. and they've actually done a really good job of um, managing during the COVID mm-hmm. pandemic, the government, I mean, is amazing in supporting the company, but mm-hmm. also the audience is super dedicated. And this season, my season, I've been able to perform for yeah. a full house every night. I know they had some restrictions last year with limited capacity, mm-hmm. but 
Now you show your Corona Pass and they've done a good job of managing whenever there's maybe like a COVID case in the school. Mm-hmm. We've had to shut down, which is kind of annoying or mm-hmm. like cancel a show here and there. Um, but, you know, mm-hmm. we, um, they have a protocol in place for people to isolate if they're not vaccinated. So I've been comfortable with That's that. Good. and just feels great to be on stage because mm. I had to dance in a mask for a whole year in the States. And I know many people are still dancing in masks and that's, that's really tough. Honestly, yeah. I, yeah, I feel like that was honestly one of the toughest years of my training because mm-hmm. I feel like when you're underneath a mask, all you can see is just like your, your line and your technique. And it's really hard. I love like emoting and using my head, but Whenever you smile, you're reminded of the, the fact that you're wearing a mask mm. because you feel your teeth against the inside oh, of the mask. Yeah. And I would find myself just making, like, stank face underneath mm-hmm. my mask. And, I mean, no one can see, but, you know, it, that joy yeah. isn't there. And, mm. um, yeah, you're in this mask and you're just – all you see is, oh, that sickle foot, that mm-hmm. bent knee. And yeah. it, it was kind of easy to get down on myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, but I don't know. We're making it through. through it. We did it. We, we danced it. in apartments and homes and my dancing God. in masks. Mm-hmm. But, oh my gosh, I realized I would much rather dance in a mask than not dance at all. So, oh, yeah. pick your poison. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, my gosh. Thank you for... Tell for sharing the story, Fiona, sharing your life story. Um, yeah, I know there's a few things that we talked about, like, previously that we kind of, like, might, well, that we'll kind of, yeah, I think we should kind of, like, talk about them in the podcast. Um, what sort of things, I guess, like, when it's come to challenges during your training, um, whether they be, or, like, things that you've struggled with I know you we talked about like how you always feeling like you had to catch up and obviously that's really difficult um were there any I guess like mental health challenges um that you kind of had to overcome during times of your training um and then I guess we'll talk about like yeah everything from talking about I don't even you know what <laughs> I, I, I got you, you I know what you're saying <laughs> I'll I'll you talk. um so I feel like I've always been really aware of my body mm-hmm. in not necessarily a negative way but I remember even when I was 12 at like one of my first ABT summers people would always say Fiona, you're so skinny. How can you eat that much? Mm-hmm. And I, people were always saying that to me as when I was younger and then as I got older and everything. And it just that has always been in the back of my head. Oh, Fiona, you're, you're the skinny one. Mm-hmm. And that has been tough in that... I feel like my so much of my worth is in my body. Like I feel, and also hearing my 
teachers say, you know, like Fiona, like we like you busy of your body. Mm-hmm. Maybe you need to work on your technique. Mm-hmm. I would always think, oh, what am I without my oh, body? Mm-hmm. And I'm so grateful that I have a healthy body that allows me to do what I love every single day. Mm-hmm. However, my body, when I I am very, I, I tend to be quite anxious, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, yeah, it's hard for, it used to be really hard for me to deal with stress. I, mm-hmm. I'm getting so much better at it now. Actually, mm-hmm. I think because I got trained to be a, or I completed my 200 hour vinyasa yoga mm-hmm. teacher training. I love yoga. Mm-hmm. That honestly, yoga has healed me. I mm-hmm. freaking love yoga. Mm-hmm. And that's definitely helped me be more grounded, but I'm, I'm a very, yeah, I have trouble feeling grounded sometimes. And mm-hmm. in times of heavy performances, mm-hmm. it was always hard for me to keep weight on and everything and that was something that was that was tough for me I just have to be really aware of that because I have um a fast metabolism and we're burning so many calories as dancers Mm -hmm. so that's been tough my whole dance training being aware of that like oh Fiona you need to eat more than the girl next to you like I, Mm -hmm. I I couldn't compare myself to my friends I'm so glad my mom never like put any pressure on me to look any certain mm-hmm. way she was not a dance mom <laughs> any sense of the word she was actually really great in giving me a super solid food foundation when I was younger mm-hmm. so I always knew you know I need to make sure I'm getting enough protein and calcium and energy and snacks so I mm-hmm. I was but also she would always let my brother and I have dessert when we were younger so mm-hmm. I feel like I was always able to have, like, a pretty balanced, healthy approach, and I knew that, like, juice cleanses were not <laughs> the way to, the way to a, a long dance career. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, when you are growing up and you're eating in a cafeteria and you're all eating together, and you just, you internalize what other people are saying, like, oh, that's so much food, and sometimes I would, like, feel self-conscious a little mm-hmm. bit about it. But I've gotten really good at putting blinders on and saying, you know, I need to eat a whole tuna fish sandwich before snow. Like, mm-hmm. maybe for some people that would make them throw up on stage, but mm-hmm. that is what well, I see. need to have the the energy to dance. Mm-hmm. And even so, when you are dancing so much, for some people, that is is too much of a stress on their bodies and Mm -hmm. their hormones. Mm -hmm. And as ballet dancers, this is a super sensitive topic. Mm -hmm. I mean, everyone is like, you know, peak physical condition. Mm -hmm. And honestly, as humans, we're not really meant to be doing ballet. Like, Mm -hmm. whose idea was it to have our feet turned out to 180 (laughs) degrees? Like, God only knows. Yeah, who invented dancing on point? (laughs) I mean, like, what? So you're basically not meant to do that. And when you're a woman, you're my body at least has mm-hmm. said, okay, I don't think we want to have a baby anytime <laughs> soon mm-hmm. right now with this level of extreme physical activity and 
a stress. So I have not gotten a consistent period Mm -hmm. since I had my injury all those years ago. When I... When I had my injury, I actually wasn't allowed to walk for a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. So I got my period then. <laughs> Once okay. I started walking again, it, it mm-hmm. went away. Mm-hmm. And um, I've been working on trying to get it naturally for the past few years with a bunch of different nutritionists and specialists. Mm-hmm. And I've had to get hormone panels done every single year just to make sure that I'm in you know, good physical mm-hmm. condition. Mm-hmm. And it's always been a sensitive subject for me. Mm-hmm. And... I mean, you can totally talk to your doctor about this if you're experiencing the same thing. Mm-hmm. But I decided to see a specialist, a gynecologist who specializes in female athletes. Mm-hmm. And I've actually started a hormone therapy to help me get my period ultimately because trying to get it naturally did not prove successful in my case. Mm-hmm. After a bunch of years of trying and I just... I have been waiting a bunch of years. I'm just kind of (laughs) ready for it to happen again. And I know some people think, oh, it's so annoying. I hate this. But once you lose it for a couple of years, you might start to miss it. (laughs) And yeah, I'm... I don't know when it's gonna come. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm I'm, I'm doing yeah. the I'm I'm I've started the therapy and it's it's going great mm-hmm. so far, honestly. And I'm dancing and I'm and I'm just fine. I'm doing mm-hmm. just fine. It's not all that. I don't feel all that different. Mm-hmm. But um, hopefully, um, it'll point me in the right direction. But if you have any questions about this, I would recommend like talking to your doctor about it because yeah. everyone has, you know, and individual journey with it and there are so many ways to go about this process and I'm so lucky that I've been able to be referred to some really good resources Mm. and just know that you're not alone if you're not getting your period as a ballet dancer that's Mm -hmm. that was the hard thing for me I felt like everyone around me had their period and I didn't but actually there are there are more people than you would think so just be compassionate towards yourself mm-hmm. and yeah. know that you're beautiful and perfect as you are. Like it's not, you're still a woman, even mm-hmm. if you're not getting it. Mm-hmm. But personally, that's something that is important to me. So I am working mm-hmm. towards that now. Yeah. I think that's great. And so am I because another person, I'm also don't have a consistent period or really any period. Um, So, yeah, I mean, and it's tough because, I mean, like, I don't know, like, I remember when I, like, turned 15 or, yeah, when you start, like, going through, like, puberty or, like, hitting the ages of puberty and, like, your friends start getting their period and it's like, oh, then I remember I moved away at home at 16 and I remember, I was like, oh, like, yeah, no, don't have my period. Some people, like, had their period. I was like, oh, my God, how are you dancing with your period? Like, what the heck? Um... And it was really tough being, like, the pers- the only person in my class who didn't have a period. I don't know if... Well, you kind of yeah. said it is. Yeah. Because it... And the whole feeling of not feeling like you're a woman yet. Um, I really struggled with that. I didn't feel... Yeah. Like, I... Yeah, didn't feel like a woman. Like, I, I was like, well, what... Like, what am I like? Because, yeah, it was really tough. Like, I'm not even going to lie. Um... Where was I going? 
It's freaking tough. But it's tough. Um, but I guess the other thing I want to say is if you're a dancer out there and you're listening to this and you have lost your period, please, like, speak to someone. Like, please, like, like your period doesn't go just because it just for like the shits and gigs like it there is usually an underlying the, the like there will be an underlying reason in whether that you know anything and it is not even just like for the fact of maybe you want to have children but like for your bone health it's so important to have a period injury prevention in everything or energy mm-hmm. yeah um mood hormone everything so many things and it can be so many factors too. It can mm-hmm. be um, maybe like inadequate nutrition is the most common thing that doctors see mm-hmm. in underfueling, either intentionally or unintentionally. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, um, exercising does raise mm-hmm. cortisol in, yeah. in your body, and that is a stressor. Mm-hmm. It can also be emotional stress yeah. as well. And I, like I was saying, I I have struggled with a, a little bit of anxiety mm-hmm. in my dance career. I used to have really <laughs> bad stage fright. I remember yeah. when I was when I was talking about my, one of my favorite things to perform, the oboe solo, I remember being really nervous leading up to the show mm-hmm. because I just, I used to have bad stage fright and I was worried that I, I was afraid that I was going to have stage fright. And I was introduced to mantras by my yoga teacher and I, that was a game changer for me, first of all. Mm -hmm. But realizing, reframing my mindset about performance, and I know people say this all the time, like turn your, um, fear into excitement (laughs) it it is really special to perform Mm -hmm. you have you don't have any control over the situation yeah and just releasing that instead of trying to grip and desperately hold on to that control yeah yeah just letting go Mm -hmm. because you're not gonna have control over it anyway you'll usually get a result that you're happier with and you'll be able to have more fun and be more present in that moment mm-hmm. because you've worked so hard for so long and a performance is a celebration of mm-hmm. all the hard work you've done. Mm-hmm. Although sometimes like maybe you're not as prepared as you would yeah. like to be for a performance, which is something that mm-hmm. I've learned this year, like this weekend. Yesterday I did two snow spots and two marzipan spots in in one day. So I had to do like stage left, stage right, and then stage right, and then stage left, and, um, I used to be really afraid when I was a bit younger Mm -hmm. to jump in as an understudy or do different things, but now that I'm in my first year here, a lot of the first year dancers will, um, you know, jump around in spots, Mm -hmm. um, understudy, fill in for people, So I've had to be pretty comfortable just adapting and dancing on the fly, I guess, Mm -hmm. which is not usually um, my strong suit before. I was really good at doing what I was told, what I was prepared for. And sometimes you're not going to be prepared and you have to be okay with that and be okay with the fact Mm -hmm. that 
I may make a small mistake, but I'm just going to try not to run into the principal or um, block the way of other dancers. And I feel like one of the reasons I've been able to deal with any performance anxiety now is that I, I feel really trusted and respected here mm-hmm. by not only the ballet masters, but also my colleagues. Everyone is so helpful whenever like mm-hmm. new dancers are doing a new spot. And you, I, I just don't feel like there is an unnecessary amount of pressure on me to be mm-hmm. absolutely perfect. I mean, yes, they want me to do well and to mm-hmm. deliver a good performance, but I don't feel like there's this burden on me it's it I I guess maybe I think about it differently in that oh like I I can be helpful for this person that is sick I'm I'm helping it's mm-hmm. not Fiona you have to do it perfectly mm-hmm. I I try to think about it as oh this is for the greater good of the performance mm-hmm. this is not all about me and ballet is such a a selfish pursuit, you know, Mm -hmm. especially as a student, you're training in your technique every day. I thought ballet was all about like how many turns you can do, like Mm -hmm. how high your leg goes, how high can you jump? But in fact, getting into the company, it's, oh, how can you work in a group? How can you learn choreography? How can you contribute as an artist? How do you Mm -hmm. perform? How do you support your colleagues? Mm -hmm. I mean, honestly, the best part of Nutcracker is not even the dancing. Like, Mm -hmm. I love, one of my favorite things about Jing Marzipan is that you're done before Mother Ginger even starts. Then you can hang out and cheer (laughs) on all the flowers. I am like the flower power um, cheerleader. I love it. I I stand by the teapot and I scream (laughs) with some of the people who are in hot chocolate. Yes, ladies, go! I'm sure everyone is really annoyed by that on stage, but it's really fun. We'll get some winks for people on stage in the wings. That's so cute, yeah. Yeah, that's that has probably been one of the best things about moving to Denmark is that the company is so supportive of each other. I've never met a group of people like this. I think in maybe it's just a difference between European companies and American companies in the way that they're run. I think that um, there's just a little more stability here mm-hmm. because of the fact that ballet is yeah. such an integral part of the, the Danish culture. Mm-hmm. So there's just less stress here. Yeah. <laughs> it's a little more hygge, Definitely, which yeah. is the Danish word for cozy. It's, mm-hmm. it's cozy here. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, we're just doing ballet. We're just making beautiful art mm-hmm. and trying to have fun with it because why would you do ballet if you're not having fun? Mm-hmm. It's so painful. Mm-hmm. You should do something else. You should work in a supermarket. <laughs> like, it's way too painful to be doing it if you also hate it. Yeah, like, oh my god, you have to enjoy it. You have to enjoy at least, like, a quite a large percentage of it. Oh, don't get me wrong. There are days when, oh my gosh, oh, I am a complete meltdown. I mean, oh, like, I was having crazy bunion pain for, like, a couple weeks because I was in the wrong size shoes goodness me thank goodness we i have an amazing shoe lady um here at royal danish ballet who takes care of all of us and makes sure that we're in the proper shoes but yeah i i guess i'm just a person who's prone to like extreme happiness and occasionally 
extreme mm-hmm. sadness. Mm-hmm. But you know what? Crying, crying oh, is underrated. Get, like yeah. you need to get it out sometimes, and that that's Definitely. a release. Mm-hmm. And I oh I I don't know if I I spoke on this, but mm-hmm. I actually this past year I did go to therapy. Mm-hmm. Um, finally after a bunch of years, just to. I wanted to talk about my anxiety because I felt like it was kind of holding me back in some areas of mm-hmm. my life. And also I was having to deal with the, um, the loss of my grandfather during COVID, which is also really tough. Mm-hmm. And yeah, just feeling so isolated matched with the yeah. anxiety that Bally was giving me An- anxiety about performance, but also anxiety about the, the future because mm-hmm it is really tough to be in like a traineeship or a second company or even apprentice not knowing whether you'll get a professional dance job. And Mm -hmm. everyone always says, you know, trust that the universe is a plan for you. But when you're just, you know, (laughs) doing flowers every day in the Nutcracker, praying that you'll get noticed and Mm -hmm. get the contract and you feel like you're almost, you're not dancing for yourself anymore. You're just dancing desperately trying to, to hold on to something. Because as female dancers, like, we've just been ingrained that there's a scarcity of everything. And you must mm-hmm. grab onto everything mm-hmm. that you can and claw your way to the top or whatever. Mm-hmm. That's so depressing. Oh, my gosh. But and disheartening. I thought about that. I'm like, maybe I just don't have the the will or the competitive nature to Mm -hmm. do this like I don't want to like you know step on someone else to to Mm -hmm. go far in this field Mm -hmm. and I was so nervous last year like will will I get a company contract and you know COVID was good in teaching me that I am happy just dancing a few hours a day and my my therapist helped me say that mm-hmm. and actually like I had maybe I had learned that but I I hadn't been able to, to actually it. put it into words yeah. mm-hmm. like it was more subconscious mm-hmm. and then I realized okay just pushing everything aside like not thinking about, oh, what are my friends going to think if I don't get a company job? What are my um, Instagram followers going to think mm-hmm. if I don't get a job? What are my parents going to think? What mm-hmm. are my aunts and uncles going to think? Mm-hmm. I tried to push everyone else out, and I thought, okay, let's say that no one had any expectations for you. What would make you happy? Mm-hmm. Dancing. Dancing, period. Dancing without pain I'm, I'm mm-hmm. saying this because my dear dressing roommate at the Royal Danish Ballet has a terrible corn today and we are trying to motivate her to get through snowflakes and it really sucks when you have to like dance with an injury and dance with blisters and in corns. Pain. I mean, I had a blister today. Like, you know, we're... Just dancing in pain is not fun. It's not we fun. We know, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But we do it because mm-hmm. sometimes you have to push through the exactly. not so good stuff. Yeah. But honestly, any day that I'm dancing and my body doesn't hurt and I guess my mind is mm-hmm. clear and mm-hmm. I feel calm and happy like that is a day to to be grateful for mm-hmm. like even if you're not doing anything like quote-unquote outstanding mm-hmm. like that's so special mm-hmm. I mean maybe your pirouettes to the left aren't working that day mm-hmm. 
who gives? It's a process. Mm -hmm. We live our life in seasons. Mm -hmm. Right now, I'm in a season of having trouble with my Andy Don Purette. <laughs> so I'm hoping that it will pass soon <laughs> because I'm trying to adjust to the new arms that they do here in Denmark. So, yeah. I basically going to therapy really helped me realize, okay, what are the most basic things that I'm grateful for and approaching ballet with that gratitude mindset really helped me realize, okay, this is the reason why I'm doing this. Mm -hmm. And I know that sounds super cliche, but gratitude, ladies and gentlemen, mm -hmm. that's it. That's it. I think that's really, I mean, you've just, what you were saying then, I, I'm literally like, oh my God, yeah, I need to take that into my own life. And I'm sure that the listeners will value that as well. So thank you for that little insight. Um, yeah, I mean, it's interesting because I've been thinking recently a lot about um, wanting to go, like, go see a therapist because I think... I don't know, like just dancing again, like full time, like full time, being in the environment, hearing other dancers' stories, reliving my own things, being in the environment. Obviously, being brings back, prop, you know, unresolved trauma, things that have happened, and I'm just like, mm, probably would be good to like talk about this. Um, and I think. Yeah, I don't know. I think a lot of dancers, I think it's a good thing that, I mean, most everyone should get. But, yeah. Yeah, I am sad that I, I wasn't, <laughs> I was afraid to go before this year, but I felt like during COVID it was almost destigmatized, at least in my friend circle. Mm -hmm. I felt like oh, more and more people yeah. were talking about it openly I thought oh well if you go to a therapist you must be crazy or like you're nuts if you're going to see a therapist like psycho yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh but sometimes it's really amazing just to have a completely unbiased person to mm -hmm. talk to and my therapist doesn't know anything about ballet and mm -hmm. it was amazing to hear her perspective on all this. So sometimes I tell her stories of stuff that happened to me at ballet school mm -hmm. or stuff that was happening at work and she would just give me a reality check like, uh, hello, that's not normal, that's not okay. Mm -hmm. And when you, I mean, I grew up in a ballet bubble. Like mm -hmm. I lived in like ballet dorms. I, you know, dancing mm -hmm. in a company, you're just surrounded by dancers all the time and I really try to develop a life outside of ballet mm -hmm. as much as I can but sometimes your perspective is a little bit distorted yeah. and you have to take a step back and say whoa there yeah this is just ballet mm -hmm. there's a whole world out there mm -hmm. literally you just have to yeah to realize that is a big thing um and I think it's obviously a different point in everyone's life to like for them to realize that um, but I hope that every dancer can kind of find that you, Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can love it just mm. the same, but also yeah. remembering that it's just, it's just one part of yourself. Mm. And you are so much more yeah. than just the dancer part of yourself. Mm -hmm. And also, as the dancer, you 
there will never be anyone like you. Mm. And there never has been anyone like you either. Mm. That's a nice thought. Yeah. That's a really nice thought. I, I think for so long, I, it's really amazing to have all this access to all these dancers on the internet and seeing all these amazing videos. Like, I grew up watching videos of Svetlana and Natalia Alsopova and thinking, oh my gosh, like, I just want to be just like Mm -hmm. them. I think as I started to mature my dancing, I really tried to embrace my my own individuality and still it's really hard for me to watch videos of myself dancing not gonna lie I hope that one day I'll actually be able to to look at them and not be so hypercritical Mm -hmm. but focusing on your strengths I mean you need to be aware of your weaknesses but if you're not able to know your strengths you're not going to have the confidence to give a real performance Mm -hmm. on stage like every we all have something that we can totally celebrate about ourselves that's the thing I love about taking class every day at Royal Danish Ballet Mm -hmm. is that there are so many dancers who've trained all over the world like Mm -hmm. Japan Australia England France Mm -hmm. like and yes we do we all do Lossal Feed Bourneville style but you can still see all these people are individuals and that is what makes Corda Ballet work so mm-hmm. interesting, I think, as an audience member, honestly, mm-hmm. is seeing all of these individuals all aiming and striving towards the same thing, but the expression is going to be different mm-hmm. from person to person. But the intention is still there. Mm. Yeah. No, that's what's so... That's a big thing that I missed during COVID was that whole idea of community and people coming from everywhere and having the same goal and wanting the same thing and working together I just love dancing the core <laughs> like it like it's so much fun yeah I, I it's so fun it's dancing so in the car I mean I don't know talk to me in a few I, years, <laughs> I, lo- I love I, that's what I really missed about yeah COVID. same that that is what ballet is about that it it is bringing people together Mm -hmm. and I mean yes it's bringing audiences to the theater but that camaraderie of the court of ballet oh literally it's my favorite like it they're like smiling at everyone like oh we're doing it and the talking through your teeth (sighs) and then I don't know someone drops their (laughs) pom-pom you pick up your friend's pom-pom like I just Mm. yeah Oh, I love it. I love it. Mm-hmm. And with that, folks, I think we're going to wrap up the episode. <laughs> Thank you, Fiona, for coming on. Thanks for the chat. Thanks for being so open. Um, is there any last words before we finish? Oh, my goodness. Okay, everyone, <laughs> I just want to say to anyone out there who is wondering like what their next step is in life in ballet trust in yourself like I said earlier we live our life in seasons there are dark 
cloudy seasons. There are also bright light seasons. And you learn from every season of your life. And as cliche as this sounds, trust that there are going to be sunnier days ahead if you're in a dark time. You have put in the work. You are capable of anything. It just takes one person to say yes for you to accomplish something that maybe you're striving towards. And it's not entirely dependent on you. So in ballet, we spend all this time like working to control every aspect of our technique and working to have this perfect control over our bodies and unfortunately that doesn't apply to like your ballet career so you can't control everything like I couldn't control the fact that I didn't get a job at Kansas City Ballet for instance but I trusted that I was enough as I am and maybe had to do a little bit of waiting <laughs> but one one person said yes and that was enough mm-hmm. and whether your destiny is going to be dancing in a company teaching at a school, volunteering, there is no expression of dancing that is more valid than another. Dancing professionally may not necessarily be better for you than sharing your art form with people who have never seen it before ever in a community center. If you feel happy and inspired and electrified by what you do every day I would say that you're succeeding at what you're doing and if you go to sleep proud of the work that you do you are a success so just know that you rock (laughs) let's go 2022 (laughs) um I love that um thank you so much Fiona um really enjoyed our conversation today where can listeners find you if they want to check you out on instagram or uh, yeah I don't know, I don't know <laughs> my instagram um mostly silly dressing room pics and <laughs> i don't know like random oat milk lattes that i drink in copenhagen fiona parker lee on instagram we'll be in the des- it's description. what <laughs> um yeah fab Thank you for everyone who tuned into today's episode. I hope you enjoyed. Um, it's a long one. It might be split in two. <laughs> we'll see. Um, but thank you so much. And yeah, you can hear me next week. Bye.